Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Featuring Blake, Boomer, and CG Nasty. Let's make gambling great again. Chapter 3 of Season 2 of the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. The gang is all here once again. Collier, CG Nasty, and Boomer back with us this week. To make you some more money, Collier's got to come back, get a little bit after uh, what happened last weekend. Boomer did all right. Uh, solid week for your boy over here. Aside from this, I mean, we let's just go ahead and get right to it. We'll relive yeah. how tragic this was. Roll the tape. I know we call this segment the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week. Well, we might want to go ahead and rename this the Stone Cold Steve Austin Lock of the Week of the Season. Of the century, of the millennium, of a lifetime. Call your bookie right now before this line moves and take the Kentucky Wildcats plus 17 traveling to Florida this weekend. Yep, that's about as bad as it gets right there. Kentucky lock of the century of the millennium. I mean, what the hell happened down there in Gainesville? Yeah, that was probably the biggest uh, debacle I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, it was bad. I know a guy named Joe. He uh, got in a motorcycle accident about a week and a half ago. Was in a coma uh, last week about the same time you made that pick. And he actually made a better pick than you did. Oh, wow. Yeah, in so. that game in Gainesville. That's a hot take. Um, yeah, but a uh, bigger picture is, is Joe still in a coma? Or is he kind of just... How's Joe doing? Is he, uh, oh, yeah, no, he's doing a camera. Probably like, not coming out of that. Uh, that's unfortunate, uh, hopefully, for viewer. Yeah, uh, obviously, not a good time to be in a coma during football season. No, it's the worst time. You should be in a coma during college or yeah. during summer. Because it's hot. And... Yeah, during during the cricket, for sure, would be the best time. If I had to personally choose of when to be in a coma, it would probably be from the months of probably the end of into March, obviously after Memorial Day, and then uh, probably wake back up and get ready for uh, July 4th. Yeah. All right. So there we go. Not the best start, but uh, we're talking about Boomer's uh, non-existent friend Joe's in a coma. So as I said, Chapter 3 of Season 2 of the Deep Fried Bets podcast. We're supposed to have a guest on this week. I've been teasing this guy for a little bit. We're still holding out a little bit of hope. We can't track him down. Uh, we're about 30 minutes behind schedule. But uh, so you heard Blake's hot take from uh, the Kentucky gave us it. Oh Jesus Christ! Can't be anywhere near that dude. More so, than likely, can't be anywhere near that train wreck. But uh, so if we do have our guest, uh, he will be on later on in the show. Hopefully, uh, we'll try to work him in. So let's go ahead and look at last week's schedule or last week's recap. I'll have this up on the website shortly after. I uh, apologize, first off, didn't get many Twitters out. I think I got two or three games out. So I'll put those uh, up. Got a little busy at work, forgot to lay out the Twitter. So I'll be sure to get those up this weekend for those of you who want to play along at Deep Fried Bets on Twitter. But last week's results, Collier, 4 8 yeah, and dude. 1. Solid week for me. I'm losing y'all money. And that's all I, this is my job. Not great. Know? 12 17 and 1 on the season. Boomer fared a little better, eight six and one this week, fifteen fifteen and one on the year. So trending upwards after last week. Yeah, Both of had, you had to get my sea legs underneath me a little bit. That uh, that pin in the war kind of kind of got my mind. That's right. I, I forgot. That, this yeah. is this is the king of Chardonnay we're it speaking is. with here. And I got a nice uh, uh, got a nice creamy mix blend going tonight. She's helping me keep between the lines and give out some fresh fresh takes. Okay. Well, thanks to a friend of the program, Casey Powell, for that nickname, yep. uh, the King of Chardonnay, Boomer over here. But both the Yawker Grants hit on your Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. As we've already hit on, I did not hit on mine. Over, <laughs> overall, though, I did go 8-6-1, which pushes my overall record to 20-10-1, 67%. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty uh, solid. Doing pretty well in the season, so hopefully we can keep that train rolling this year. Or this weekend, I apologize. So And this year. <laughs> and this, the whole year, of course. But uh, first off this weekend, we're a week-to-week kind of team over here. So that's what you had last week. This weekend, we got week three of the college football season. Woo! 
hell yeah, hell of a weekend. We've got week two of NFL games. You know, it's the NFL. There's always going to yep. be good matchups, so uh, good money making to be had. And then we'll uh, we'll revisit the vault and the Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week later on. Um, Boomer, first off, congrats. All four of your weekly playoff teams got a win last week, so we're going to give you the week off. It's pretty good. No playoff teams for you this weekend. Congratulations. Well, well I, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, I looked at my crystal ball, and uh, and it kind of told me that those are the right teams to go with. However, I am thinking about making a, making a change to one of those teams. We'll have to uh, wait till later on in the uh, episode. All right, we'll see. We'll see if that makes it. So... Let's just go ahead and get to week three of the college football season. I mean, as far as great college football weekends go, what a hell of one we got. Oh, no, this, one's, this is way better than week one, I mean, in my opinion. I think it's, it's, it might even be better than week two. I mean, it's definitely going to be better <laughs> than week two. But it could be more important than week one. Um, lots of conference matchups. You know, the conference slate really gets going this weekend. It's going to be interesting. And we start tomorrow night in Cincinnati. The Fighting Tubs, the Cincinnati Bearcats, host the number six ranked Houston Cougars. Houston's rolling into town. I had it down to seven and a half. That's jumped up to eight, eight and a half somewhere, so we'll call it eight. Uh, Cincinnati at home. Houston, the eight-point favorite on the road. Boomer, we'll start with you. Who do you like here? Oh, I absolutely love Houston. Hey, I loved them last year. I had my doubts at the beginning of the season this year, but Greg Ward, Jesus Christ Jr., he is just all over the field. In my opinion, the best college football player we've seen in the last 25 years. Oh, Greg but, Ward, the guy who didn't play last week? Yeah, yeah, he's going to get back on the field this week. and uh, he, I mean, you know. Tom Herman's got those guys running a gun and, and uh, old gunner kill. That poor bastard doesn't stand a chance. Is he still week. there? It's at home. Yeah, I think he's on his eighth year. I Tom, think he Tom started. Tom adopted him, and uh, he got another year of eligibility. I think he started college about the same year I did. Which is yeah, he's, a, uh, he's about 28. Him and that dude from BYU are the same age. Collier, who you liking this in? Yeah, I'm thinking Houston, too. It's a uh, great spot for them because... From here on out, they've got to show the committee that they're worth the playoff berth. And so they've got to blow out every opponent they can. And being in the American Conference, you don't play anybody that's up to the level as Oklahoma. So you've got to take advantage every single moment you can. They're going to blow them out, and Tommy is still going to be Tubby Tubera. Okay. I mean, I think that's a fair way to look at it, that they're going to try everything they can to impress the committee. I'm still going to take the eight points at home. I know the public's going to be all over Houston. Usually it wouldn't matter in a Houston-Cincinnati game, but since this is the headline Thursday night college football game, you'll still get some good public dollars rolling in on it. Um, So I'm going to take Cincinnati. I think that at home they can keep it within the number. I mean, be a backdoor cover type deal. Houston will get the win, but once it went up to eight, I I liked it. I'm sure there'll be a lot of points. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm sure that after the last couple of years, I think it's at 64, so the public will probably be hammering that too. A little lower than the experts think. I think Cincinnati keeps it within the number Thursday night. So that's the American Conference Thursday night game. Saturday morning, I mean, get up. Let's go. Get ready. Because right off the bat at 11 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock noon, Eastern time, Florida State and Louisville. Game day will be there, and I I mean, I don't understand the logistics of how those kids do that. I mean, game day ends and the game starts immediately after. It's probably the people who aren't going to the game. It's at Louisville. Florida State, two-point road favorites at Louisville. Um, Boomer, what do you think? Lamar Jackson got enough to get it done, or is Florida State going to get the win? Man, it is so weird being a noon kickoff on this. If it was a night kickoff, I would say Louisville would for sure win this game straight up. But being a noon game, I think uh, I think Florida State's going to kind of be in a lull. Bobby Petrino's going to have that offense running and gunning. I think that he's going to 
probably catch him by surprise in the first half. I would definitely bet the first half Louisville side. And, uh, I, I mean, I'll take the two points with Louisville and Lamar Jackson. He's looking pretty damn good so far. All right, Connor, who do you like here? Yeah, it's, it's a real shame it's a 12 o'clock game because it doesn't give enough time for Papa John to get drunk as hell. That's true. I didn't even think and, about uh, Papa John here. You know, that would have just been a great sight for I mean, him. first of all, let's have a timeout yep. here. Let's not put anything past Papa John. I mean, from what we've seen from him this year – there's no doubt he could. He's got it in his blood to be drunk by eleven o'clock. Yeah, dude, like, get some mimosas. He will literally have it in his yeah. blood from the night before, so he'll be fine. Yeah, well, there's gonna be a lot of picks out there that are all gonna be like Louisville, 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 and they're gonna be cutting back to the Ole Miss game and talking about how Chad Kelly and that offense cut through butter that Florida State offense in the, our uh, first half, and uh, you just can't listen to the noise. You gotta stick with your guns, and you gotta pick the superior team here and go Florida State. Yep, I agree 100. Um, percent Florida State's got too many athletes to be in this position against Louisville. Um, I think that if you game plan specifically for Lamar Jackson and you have the athletes to stop him, then you can stop him. I mean, look at it. There's no way he improved that much from last year to this year. I know. I mean, he. There's definitely he's a better player. Don't get me wrong there, but this is like comparing um, Brandon Harris to Johnny Manziel. Like, yep. I mean, he's improved that much over the off season. You got to look at his first two opponents, Charlotte and uh, Syracuse. Both terrible defenses. Florida State's got the athletes. I think they win this by at least a touchdown. So I'll take Florida State minus the two on the road. Um, I mean, it'll be an interesting game, but I think towards the end, Florida State's depth and athleticism will uh, carry them to the win. Now, Louisville also has some athleticism on their team. They have some, but they don't have the depth or the They almost can match them body for body on the uh, starting 11 on both sides. Right, but those the starting 11 wears down. Yeah, there's no chance. Out of home in this game, this is what they're playing for. They lose this game, they lose the season. Look, I don't, I don't want Florida State to win. I'm ordering Papa John's to eat for lunch that day because I want Louisville to win. But you just got to stick with the smart bets. <laughs> Next. All right. Alabama, Ole Miss, the rematch. Don't say revenge around Nick Saban, but that's what they're looking for. Two in a row against Ole Miss, lost for the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban's only lost three games in a row against the same opponent twice in his career. Ole Miss looking to make that three times this weekend. They're at home, but they're 11-point underdogs at home. Collier, what's the tide looking like this weekend for you? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I know Ole Miss hates Mississippi State, but when I look at this Ole Miss team, I think of last year's state team how they had a great quarterback and a lot of wide receivers on the sides that they could throw to. Running game was the strongest. Defense was good, but they were not great in the secondary. So when I look at them like that, I'm going back and look at the Alabama-Mississippi State game last year. It was very ugly, but Alabama had a lot of big plays, and mostly because the athletes on that team had a long plays, like Calvin Ridley's, 50-yard run, Derrick Henry's run. I'm looking that Alabama's going to have some more plays like that, and I'm taking Alabama. I think that's a good way to look at it. I never thought about it that, but that is a fair comparison. Uh, strong quarterback play, you know, elite-level quarterback play at the college level, but, you know, not elite anything else. Boomer, what's your take on this game? Uh, I think Jalen Hurd's going to uh, get a little bit rattled first uh First away game, SEC environment. Obviously, the old Miss fans are a bunch of drunk rednecks, so they're going to get loud at least in the beginning of the game. I think he's going to make a couple of early mistakes, maybe uh, maybe a fumble, maybe an interception. I think that, that old Miss defense. I mean, they held Florida State at least for a half, so they they showed they have it. They also threw all over that Florida State defense for a half, so it's definitely possible. They're obviously going to be up for this game. It's Alabama, it's their Super Bowl. I, give me give me eleven points. It's probably going to go up to twelve the way you guys are talking. All right, so Boomer's going to take Ole Miss. Um, I'll say, uh, give a shout-out to our resident economist, James, here. Uh, we were talking about this game earlier in the week, and he made a very valid point. He said Alabama either loses this game or they win by 20-plus, which I think is fair because if like if it's a close game, you're, they're probably not winning. 
Just the way shit it's, happens in Oxford. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I could definitely see a 10-point game. Saban yelling at Lane Kiff on the sideline, super pissed off because Kiffin's had sex with three girls before the game and doesn't know where he's and at. It's just, it, this game's different than past games because the secondary is the strongest part of the defense for Alabama. Right. And their strongest mm-hmm. on offense is the wide receivers. And See, I, feel like, I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like Alabama's defense is going to be weakest against this Ole Miss passing attack. And Ole Miss is going to run the football up throat four times in a row. Oh, yeah. Alabama has, uh, I think, three first-rounders in that secondary. Yeah, that secondary is dirty. Um, probably, <laughs> this could be Saban's best secondary. <laughs> Every year, Saban's best secondary. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. It's the next year, the next best secondary. Um, no, Saban's I'm taking best. Alabama here. I'm going to take the talent on the outside, in the trenches. Um I mean, I, th- I think you've got a fair point. I'd like to see the first half line because I think Ole Miss might contend the first yeah. half line. But second half, I think Alabama's just got too much talent, too much depth. Ole Miss lost a lot after that magical recruiting class to the NFL last year. Magical is in uh, top dollar. Yeah, magical. <laughs> I mean, you know, non-existent. I mean, not real. So we'll uh, – I'll look for Alabama to end that streak, and I think that they will cover the number. Not super confident about it. Probably wouldn't, you know, break the bank to take Alabama minus 11, but since we're having to pick a game, I will take the Tide minus 11 here. Next up, down on the Plains, we got us a solid matchup. The Auburn Tigers looked much improved last week against the Arkansas State Red Wolves, I do believe. They might have changed that. They may just be the Wolves now. But uh, they are coming in. They got the Texas A&M Aggies. So uh, the Aggies show up as three-and-a-half-point road underdogs, which surprised me a lot when I saw this line. General rule of thumb is when it comes to Vegas, they're giving you in college football between two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half points for the home team. An environment like uh, Auburn, probably three points. Um, Some of your crazier – like just top-notch, psychopathic atmospheres like Baton Rouge, you know, probably getting you three and a half points, but we'll give Auburn three. So that's the way I'm seeing this, Vegas is looking like they, they like Auburn as a better team yep. than Texas A&M, which surprised me a little bit. I'm going to take who I think is the better team here, and I tried to take my, my blinders off outside of this one. I really did try to look at it. Miles Garrett, I think, will feast on that offensive line for Auburn. I mean – I just, I just have not. Auburn hadn't shown it to me. Arkansas State, sure. I mean, Auburn's defense looked good against Clemson, but I just, I'm going to take Texas A&M to uh, to get the win. And if you're giving me points, I'll take those as well. Uh, Collier, who you like here? Yeah, as good as that offense looked for Auburn last week against Arkansas State, they looked just as bad against a great opponent in Clemson. And I don't know what the medium is. Uh, I know A&M's got a good defense. And I know they've got a good offense. It, it's weird because I think Vegas is trying to tempt us to take A&M. And I think I'm going to fall into the trap, but I would not be surprised if Auburn won this game. I'm still taking A&M, though. Yeah, I mean, something's fishy about this line. And you're right, it probably is a trap. But, I mean, I still, if, if I think the better team's are getting points, I'm going to take it. Boomer, who you like? Well, y'all are both finally starting to learn on how to actually read Vegas making lines instead of who you think is the better football team. Remember, let's go back to the week one whenever Auburn played against Clemson. All right, let's take a time out. And a half. Let's take a time out before you get into that. If Dabo Sweeney wasn't a fucking idiot and kicks the field goal right there, I agree. Clemson covers the spread. So I let's agree. not get I agree. into that. The people that bet on Clemson get paid that game, or the people that bet on Auburn get paid. Um, it depends. Depends on how much your bookie likes you. Yeah. Well. Well. The point I make it is, is obviously whenever Vegas sets a line, they're not doing it to pay out on that line and lose a shit ton of money. They just are not. And whenever I see a line like this, it makes absolutely no sense. Auburn's not a good football team. Auburn has a decent defense that played very well in a huge game, the game of the year, and the offense is not that good. Offensive line, below average. But... Somebody way smarter than anybody on this podcast decided that that line should be at three and a half coming out. What they're seeing is obviously 
something that no one else is seeing because everybody's hammering Texas A&M. So I'm going to run the opposite way to the way that makes you money, and I'm taking Auburn at plus three and a half. Yeah, I mean, general general consensus is, um, especially in college football, if you see the public take an underdog, bet on the favorite. Um, But I know Vegas is telling us one thing, but – I mean, I, I've looked, and I can look at it every way I want to, but then I use my eyes to watch these two football teams play. And I, if, if Texas A&M was given three and a half, sure, maybe I'd take Auburn. But I just, I, I think Texas A&M is a better football yeah. team. And they, they beat us. If the spread was two and a half, then I would take Texas A&M all day, no question about it. But the fact they decided to go above the three-point hit line means that they are pretty damn confident, and they are so confident about this game, they're begging people to take the other side of it to just rack up and have a complete payday. All right. I mean, we'll see on Saturday. They lose a lot, or some of those games, too. Next up, we've got uh, Michigan State, Mm -hmm. plus seven in the hook at Notre Dame. Uh, Classic rivalry in the past. Uh, Always produced some good games. One of my favorite things uh, came out about this, uh, I believe it was today, Golden Tate, if you'll remember, played for Notre Dame, uh, receiver for the Lions now. They asked him about this, you know, because he's up in Michigan. And he said, oh, no, I don't hate Michigan State at all. They got me drafted in the first round. Uh, I mean, just complete <laughs> savagery after he destroyed them. So I appreciated that. I just wanted to shout that out. I thought that was a nice one-liner by Golden Tate. But uh, seven and a half on the road for Michigan State. At Notre Dame, Collier, who you like in this matchup? Yeah, well, first of all, Golden Tate probably needs to be focusing on the football field because I've had that guy on my team for two years straight, and he just can't. He cannot get his potential. All right, but anyways, so was that a little fantasy? Yeah, uh, it was. It was a little. It's at Michigan State's seven and a half right now. I think this line will go up because people love to bet on Notre Dame. People are actually taking. Uh, Michigan State. Here. I know, but your Notre Dame fans have deep pockets. They will put some money on them. Uh, they've had Michigan State has had a week off. So they played Furman, even though it looked rough. I think that they're going to have a good game plan coming in, and just like they did against Ohio State last year, they will make this close, and they might even win a game. So I'm taking Michigan State. Yep, I'm taking the Sparty here too. Um, you're giving Mark D'Antonio eight points against a uh, Notre Dame team, I'll take it. Uh, I think just, I mean, yeah, that was a great comparison, that Ohio State game last year. Nobody expected anything out of them. Love them and the points then. I love them and the points here. So give me Michigan State plus 7.5. Uh, similar situation, I bought it up to 8, but I'll give it out at 7.5. Boomer, what do you like? I think you turned the blinders on from years past on Michigan State. I think they're nowhere near what they have been the past couple of years. The talent's not there. The quarterback's not there. They barely beat a very, very shitty Furman team. No matter if they were ready to play or not, they could have all been shit-faced, walked out on the field, and beat them by 50 points. I think this is a Notre Dame team that's been tested. They've lost. They're pissed off. They are about to go on an absolute tear. They found their quarterback in Kaiser. Uh, he's he's an absolute, I mean, Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, you can't say anything but the best about that kid. But I think this being at home, Notre Dame faithful is ready for this first big game of the year. I think they destroyed him, didn't mean Notre Dame. All right. All right. So one on Notre Dame, two on Michigan State here. Uh, I, I just got faith in Mark D'Antonio here. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's not Nick Saban. No, don't give him that. He's pretty trip. damn good. He's coach. Um, so next up, Ohio State at Oklahoma. That's right, at Oklahoma. Two out-of-conference powerhouses. Home and home. Absolutely love it. Everybody should do this. I would love, as an yeah. Alabama fan, to get to take a road trip to a place like Ohio State or something like that. So uh, I encourage all college football teams to listen. If any major athletic directors are listening, I'm sure you are, take my advice and start scheduling big-time home-and-homes with big-time programs. Anyways, rant over. Ohio State minus one-and-a-half at Oklahoma. This line is all over the place. Could have moved since I sent this out this afternoon. Uh, Probably has, if we're being honest. But one and a half is the last I saw. I'm seeing a pick now. 
Well, Boomer, what's the last thing you saw in this? Uh, uh, Ohio State, minus one and a half. I haven't looked at it though recently. Yep, ESPN's uh, Pick Center is giving me a pick. I'm going to check Bovada. But either way, who do you like in this? Oh, man, I absolutely love TJ Headshot Barrett. A little something for our gamer viewers out there. I think he goes in there, slices and dices up Oklahoma. Obviously, not a good start for Oklahoma. I mean, Houston is a solid football team, but they still should have won that game, let it get away from them. I think I, – I just don't see Urban Meyer losing this football game. I, I, I see them – getting a playoff this year and they lose this game they're out of it so give me Ohio State at minus one and a half minus three pick I don't give a shit alright so you're taking me away uh, Bovada actually still has it at minus three Ohio State we'll give out we'll split the difference one and a half Collier who you like yeah so this is interesting Ohio State's on an 18 game win streak at away games and Oklahoma the last this will be the fourth game They've played somebody in a primetime game. The first one was Clemson last year. The second one was um, Houston the first week of the season, and this will be the third one where they play Ohio State. I think they're going to continue the trend. They're going to be a huge letdown. I think Ohio State comes in there, silences the crowd early, and they really just take it to them. I, I don't see this game being close, even though we all want it to be. I just don't see Becker Mayfield making the plays he thinks he can make. And JT Barrett, he's just going to have a great game. I'm uh, fading y'all on this. I like Oklahoma at home to get the win here. How confident do you feel with that pick that you just gave out? Pretty confident, actually. Um, uh, Plus three. You sounded a bit timid. No, I got it at plus three today. Absolutely love it there. I think Oklahoma gets the win outright. Home teams, I mean, in games like this, I mean, look, Oklahoma made the playoff last year. They lost week one, but as we've already said, Houston's a good team. I don't think they showed up thinking that that was the case. Uh, that 109-yard kick return, I mean, that, that kind of shakes your confidence too. I think o- Oklahoma might have been winning at the time. Um, if not, they were only down yeah, three. But does it not concern you that in the second half they tend to run out of firepower? Because look at the Clemson game. They were stuck in it the first half, but then the second half they ran out, and then the same thing happened with Houston. Right, but look at it this way. Ohio State is the youngest team in the country. Statistically, they are the youngest team in the country. They have a young quarterback. Uh, he's started a few games. It doesn't matter in that case. Look, if you feel the juices flowing down deep in your loins, why don't you go ahead and throw out the money line on Oklahoma on this? Uh, I will throw out the money line. Oklahoma money line right there. But I'll say this, uh, here's another thing that should sway your confidence one way or the other. This line has moved, it's moved a lot. Uh, two and a half opened up on Monday, or Sunday, I'm sorry, at two and a half. It's moved to two, dropped back down to two and a half. Been all over the place. 77% of the public as of right now is on Ohio State, but the line keeps shifting towards Oklahoma. Yep. Sharp money is big money. <laughs> and they're they're moving the line, so I'm gonna roll with Oklahoma there too. Uh, Could be some of that big old Buckeye farmer money that are coming in high. I don't know why the Buckeyes would be bent against their own team. But either way, Oklahoma for me, two on Ohio State. Next up, well, that's all the college games we have for the week. Uh, we'll get to some in the vault, I'm sure. A great weekend of college football, so we're giving you six there. We're only gonna do four for the professionals this weekend, so we'll go ahead and skip to those. Um, NFL Thursday night, the New York Jets travel to Buffalo to take on their old head coach and Rex Ryan. This game right now is at one or minus one for the Jets, so the Bills are home underdogs. Um, I usually like a home underdog and will take a home underdog, but not when it's a point. I mean, a point, the better team is, you know, more than likely it's if you cover, you're going to win. So. I'm going to take the Jets here. I think they're a much better team. They lost twice to Buffalo last year. I don't think that'll happen again. So give me the New York Jets minus one on the road. Boomer, who you like here? I absolutely love the Bills. I think we're getting back on that Thursday night train with the home team. Yes. Wins if at least covers every game. Uh, Rex Ryan coaching against his old team, the Jets. I mean, He's obviously going to be ready for this. Tyrod Taylor, I mean, super underrated quarterback. I mean, I, I get that he 
he's playing out there. And did you see him week one? I did. Did you see him last year? Yeah, All but right. no one had film on him. Now they do, and you see how terrible he was week one. Tyrod Taylor, Lashawn McCoy. I think that they're they're a pretty good duo together. That Bills defense. I mean, you know, I, I think this will kind of be an outlier game for them since it is a Thursday night. They get to be at home during the week with their families. Jets having to get up, leave early in the season. Game doesn't matter a whole whole lot for the Jets. Give me the Bills and the points. All right, uh, Collier, who you like here? Yep, get on that Thursday night home train mm-hmm. and ride it all season long. Happened last week with the Broncos over Carolina. That was an easy pick because we all know Thursday night the home teams win and they cover. Take the Bills. The Ryan brothers are getting the first W. Yeah, and they're also uh, eating whatever they want. Yeah, dude, they're you see that? Well, I mean, Rex took out his lap band in solidarity with his brother, which whatever, to each their own. All right, next up, the Bengals at the Steelers. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. If you get one NFL game to pick this weekend, this should probably be a – if you remember last year in the playoffs, absolutely batshit crazy game. Half the Bengals got ejected on the last game – or last drive, took away uh, a win for their team, gave the Steelers – uh, room to get in the field goal range. They made the field goal one, but half their team was out next week at Denver. We know how that goes. So, uh, rematch of sorts and a little bit of a revenge game, maybe, for both teams. Collier, who you like in this? Yeah, I feel like it's more of a revenge game for Pittsburgh. Even though they won that game, that was a dirty hit on their best player, Antonio Brown. I feel like he's going to have a huge game, some more booty shaking out there. And Pittsburgh takes it, especially at home. Give yeah. me the minus three. Free the booty shakers. I mean, let's just yeah, let's no. just. I mean, that was good stuff. And mm-hmm. the NFL is trying to take that away from us. Boomer, you picked the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. I'm guessing you're picking them here too. Clearly, Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. I'm picking the Steelers until he goes down. Like you said, it's a revenge game. Who's going to guard? Antonio Brown, Drake or Patrick, he looked like dog shit last week. They have nobody for Antonio Brown. D'Angelo Williams, somehow, he's getting some kind of blood transfusions or whatever. Looks like he's 23. Absolute madman. This new tight end looks like a young Heath Miller. Vontez Berthick, I believe, is also out of this game. He is. First and, three. And... The, the Bengals, they just they did not look good last week on defense. I mean, I, I think you've got to go with the Steelers. If they, I mean, with a three, I was expecting this to be at six. Yeah, I think that was. But then, again, this could be another one of those classic, hey, Vegas, take this three here. But I think y'all both hit the nail on the head here, and that was a point that I was uh, looking forward to making, that this is more of a revenge game for the team that yeah. won. You won't hardly ever see that. But I think Pittsburgh knows – that they could have won a Super Bowl last year. But even though the Bengals won the game, they took that away from them. They did. I mean, they they took out – they broke Ben Roethlisberger's ankle pretty much. I mean, he played the next week, but hobbled around. I mean, they concussed Antonio Brown. Just they're going out for blood, and they're going to get their blood on the scoreboard, not on the football field. So I love the Steelers here too, minus three. Uh, so we're all in solidarity here. Steelers minus three at home against the Bengals. Next up, the Peyton Manning Bowl no more. Peyton Manning has retired, and Andrew Luck showed up last week and looked like Peyton Manning of old uh, in Indianapolis. Even though they lost, he looked pretty good. So the Colts travel to Denver. Denver coming off a nice Thursday night win in the Super Bowl rematch. They're six-point home favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. Boomer, we'll start with you here. Who you like? Yeah, Trevor Simeon ended up looking pretty damn good. but uh, No, he did not. He looked, he looked I'm good. I'm tired of that hot take. I've heard it all week. He did not look good. They did five-yard dump-offs the whole game. Like, if you prepare for that and you're just out there throwing five and ten-yard passes and screens at the line of scrimmage – and that's your game plan going in, you can look good. Like, if that's what you prep all offseason for, it doesn't take a special quarterback to do that. He threw Listen, two picks. Listen, the son of a bitch looks like a reincarnation of Peyton Manning. From last like, year? Sure. 
playing in the wrong uniform starting now. But I think that Andrew Luck, he got his first game out of the way. He's getting back in the groove of being out on here last year. I like getting the six points. I think it's going to be a field goal game. And Adam Van Terry, he's got, he's got a hell of a leg. He might actually end up winning on a last-second field goal. Give me the goals. Yep. I'm taking the Colts here, too. I think Vegas is overcompensating last week because of the loss. Had they won that game against Detroit, I think this would be about a three-point spread. But but they lost and barely lost. I mean, and they didn't show up to the second half. So I think it, you know, it took them a while to get back in sync with Andrew Luck. They hadn't played with them in a while. So I like the Colts, too, on the road to maybe get the outright win. I'll look at the money line close to kickoff because I think this will be interesting. Hey, uh, public will probably jump on uh, Denver. So I like the Colts here, Collier. Yep, couldn't agree enough. Colts all the way. I don't think they'll win, but they're definitely going to keep it within six. All right, so that's two in a row on the Colts. Next up, the uh, Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Another Sunday night matchup. Uh, Sean Hill or Sam Bradford, the million-dollar question. More like the uh, $500 question because that's – it's not great. Minnesota probably should have lost last week, but their defense bailed them out. The Packers at, are on the road, are three-point favorites to Minnesota. Collier, we're going to start with you. Probably know where you're going yeah. here, but who you like. Yeah, it's, it's the first game in the new stadium for the Vikings. It's supposed to be the Glass Stadium where they built half the stadium out of glass. It's supposed to be magnificent, you know, big comeback game. They've been playing outdoors in Minnesota for a while. But come on, guys, are we kidding here? Green Bay's a great team. They had a solid win down in Jacksonville. They're coming back down to where they belong, up in the north. They're going to take this game on a Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers is looking sharp. Shorty, he's, he got a little five reception, 31 yards touchdown. Good stats to start him off. I feel like he's going to get some deep balls. Randall Cobb's back in the slot looking sharp. And Eddie Lacy's looking slimmer, but not that slim. Still a little fat. Still needs a few, lose a few LBS. So I'm taking, uh, yeah, I'm taking Packers minus three. All right, Boomer, where you at here? Well, I think that that glass ceiling is going to get shattered the first uh, first game they're in there. I mean, when you have the choice of getting kicked in the nuts or licking a white dog turd, I mean, honestly, if it's up to me, I'd try to choose neither one of them. But the Vikings got to make that choice. I don't know what they're going to go with. But the white dog turd didn't look too good last week. They beat the Titans off of pure luck on yep. defense. The Titans were the right call, right side of that game, wrong result. I mean, an interception for a touchdown, phone for a touchdown. I mean, absolute, complete bullshit. And they still almost gave it away at the end. I, I think that the Packers just, I, they can score as many as they want to and beat them. Beat him by 28. I mean, we could see another. We could see a 49ers Rams scenario happening this week. Ooh, wow. Okay, so here's my take on this. Last year, uh, this game was a Sunday nighter to uh, see who won the division, and Minnesota won. Uh, they were three point dogs there, and they won. They had Teddy Bridgewater, though. Dude, right? let's, let's not overrate Teddy Bridgewater. Like, that was the thing that happened to me the most. I agree with you. He's not Aaron Rodgers. When he got hurt, everybody freaked the hell out. Like, it's Teddy Bridgewater. He's he's all right. He's an average NFL quarterback. But is he and really? Sean Hill is an average grocery bagger. Right. Okay. But if uh, and I'm not, I mean, I think Bradford will get the start. They gave up way too much. To not get him in there as soon as possible, I think he's learned as much of the playlist or playbook as he can by now. So, I like the Vikings at home simply because I know the public is going to just. This might be the the most bet matchup all year, like of one team. They may take in more money on you know just a regular season game on the Packers than they do on any team. They you know this Green year. Bay wins a lot of public games. They win some public games, but they lose a lot, too. Um, I'm going to take the, the Vikings here. Um, not super confident in the pick, but I like going with the sharp side. And that's what I'm going to do here. So Packers plus three, or Vikings, I'm sorry, plus three at home against the Packers. Uh, next up, the sound effects have uh, been, a little, been a little down. Kyrie said you couldn't hear him the first <laughs> week. You could hear him. They're just not very good. So... 
you know, we got to get something going. We'll get you a little sound effect right here. Welcome back. Week three of The Vault. All right, so hopefully those results are a little better, uh, just like the actual vault results may be a little better this weekend. Boomer, we'll start with you. How's Hot Atlanta treating you? What's the vault looking like? Oh, man, the vault is looking spicy as shit. So starting out with James Conner. Can't get enough of that kid. Definitely covered against Oklahoma State after their heartbreaking loss to that powerhouse uh, Central Michigan. Take Pitt plus the six. Then getting to Eastern Carolina. They're winning Battle of the Directional Schools in Carolina. Give me Eastern Carolina plus three against South Carolina. You want to get that coin purse tingle a little bit, you take the money line. You don't want to give out the money line? Hey, look. I, I, I mean... If people want to make money, then go for the money line. I'm just trying to give you hardcore stone-cold winners. Okay, so the plus three, we'll take it. Then coming down, Bowling Green State University plus five and a half versus Middle Tennessee State University, two of the longest-named schools in the country. Give me Bowling Green. Love them airing it out all day, all night long. Giving out some hot, hot, hot takes. RG3. Les Browns, he's off the field. He's built like a glass house. Get him off the field. Get my boy Josh McCown in. Give me Browns plus seven at home versus the Ravens. Then, you were being selfish on this. You didn't give out a Monday night game. I am. Love the Bears minus three versus the Eagles. Monday night, get it in. Make some money at the end of the weekend. Okay, what was that uh, Bowling Green line again? It was uh, Bowling Green plus five and a half. Plus 5.5. All right. So, Boomer's Vault, Pittsburgh plus six, Eastern Carolina plus three, Bowling Green plus five and a half, the Browns plus seven, and the Chicago Bears minus three. Next up, we'll roll on over to CG Nasty to see what he's talking about. So, I got two games to make up from last week. So I will start it off with Vandy plus 6.5 at Georgia Tech. Okay. Uh... Don't ask me about that game. Just believe in it. Then I got Houston versus Cincy. Little action over 64.5. I think that game's going to 70 plus. Arizona State versus Texas San Antonio over 60. Was there ever any doubt that Arizona State's going to score 60 by themselves? No. Texas San Antonio might be a uh, little uh, plus 19 look at if you want to. Uh, Miami at App State. I'm tired of hearing about Appalachian State. Absolutely tired of it. So take minus 3.5 Miami and shut their ass up. (laughs) USC at Stanford. USC plus 8.5. A little too many points because Stanford, yeah, they're good. But damn, USC's back, aren't they? Let's see. USC back. Uh, Georgia at Mizzou. Mizzou plus 6.5. I don't give a shit about Georgia. Give me Mizzou at home plus 6.5. Don't tell tell the PC crowd about it, though. Then, Nebraska versus Oregon. Give me Nebraska minus three. I'm tired of them losing these close games. They're finally going to win one. It's going to be a shootout, and guess what? They're going to win. Like the Nebraska minus three line. All right, so... You blacked out right there and gave some good picks. Yeah, Connor, it was crazy how that worked out. He had something to make up. So, Vanny plus six and a hook. Houston, Cincinnati over whatever it was, 64, I believe we settled on. Arizona State and San Antonio over 60. Miami minus 3.5 against Appalachian State. USC plus 8 in the hook against Stanford. Missouri plus 6.5 against Georgia at home. And Nebraska minus 3 against the Oregon Ducks. Pretty solid vault. Like that last pick a lot, Nebraska. I think they'll get the job done at home. So for my vault, um, Pretty solid matchups here. First off, let's start with Rutgers. That's right, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. They're getting four, or they're uh, giving four points at home. Um, they are playing New Mexico State, I believe. Um, yes, that, no, I'm sorry, it's just regular New Mexico. Coming off a heartbreaker <laughs> to New Mexico State last weekend. Tough travel schedule going from New Mexico. <laughs> Up to New Jersey. Give me Rutgers minus four. 
to get the job done here. Uh, if they're not going to cover this, they'll never cover one. Next up, uh, Pitt plus six against Oklahoma State. Boomer, I uh, like that pick out of you. I had it down. I think they – Oklahoma State's going to be reeling a little bit. And shout-out to that student newspaper over in Stillwater. Get the hell over yourselves. Calling for Central Michigan to vacate oh. the win because their title or their motto has the word integrity in it. Go blow a horse. Like, Sounds about like the New York Times telling Donald Trump to get out of the race. Yeah, I mean, blow a horse. Like, Kill blow. yourself. Nah, yeah, I mean, awful. So, Pittsburgh plus six on the road to I feel feeling, as Boomer says, a little tingle in your coin purse. That might be worth looking at the money line. Next up, UNLV plus 13 against who? Central Michigan. That's right. I'm fading both teams from Woo! that game last week. That's all they've heard about all week. I'm not saying their heads are going to be focused on it, but not the best week of practice for either team. So give me both road underdogs against Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. Finally, let's shift gears to the NFL. We're going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three on the road at San Diego. Um, wow. I think Jacksonville is a team on the rise. I like them a lot in this matchup. I think Bortles will be able to exploit that defense. So I think the Jaguars plus three is a good. And then finally, uh, usually don't go in the NFL of favorites this big, but I love the Cardinals minus seven at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston looked really good last weekend, but I think a lot of that was the shitty Atlanta Falcons defense. The Cardinals are not losing two in a row at home. They got their ass handed to them all week in practice. I can guarantee you that. Bruce Arians will have this team ready to play, so Cardinals minus seven at home is my fifth and final game. Can we get a little shout-out for Bilicek for what a great game what plan? What a game plan. I mean, oh, that, would be, that was pretty much free money right there. Yeah, plus nine, what it went to before kick. It's like, why do people and myself continue to doubt him? I don't know. If you're giving me Bill Belichick and points, I'll take it every time. Don't care if they're playing the 85 it's... Bears, I'll take it. All right, so Rutgers plus four, Pitt plus six, UNLV plus 13, the Jaguars plus three, and the Cardinals minus seven is my vault this week. Now, let's welcome our favorite pro wrestler back in our lives. It's time. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week. Hopefully it goes better for me this week. Fired up. Bring him in. Let's go. Boomer, Stone Cold Steve Austin, like we, who you got? Well, I think Stone Cold is as much of a patriot as uh, anybody this side of the Mississippi River, and I'd have to jump on that bandwagon and go with my boys, those seamen, the Navy midshipmen, this week against Tulane University. Navy's minus five. They should be minus 20 and a half, according to. Uh, my stats and information crew. Oh, damn, that's a hell of a discrepancy there. Yeah, hell of a discrepancy. I would take Navy in a heartbeat before those uh, points start running up like that flag. Oh, those points are going to start running up like the flag. I like that. So, Navy minus five. Collier, what's your Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week? Well, you know, uh, another funny story for y'all. Me and Stone Cold were up there in Minnesota checking out the uh, new stadium that they had built. And uh, they had had these pebbles... They had outside of the stadium, and, uh, of course, we look at the stadium. It's made of glass, and there's pebbles outside. So I say, Stone Cold, you throw a couple rocks and bust some fucking windows. And he's like, you goddamn right. And so that's exactly what we did. Busted that ass open. And, yeah, I may go to jail for that, but I don't give a shit. So shout out to Dirty Dan Johnson that works with me, who's a Vikings fan. I'm locking out the Packers because we're about to whoop that ass. Give me the Packers again, baby. Packers minus three for the second time this week. Oh, man. Hey, don't throw gla- or rocks at a glass house, Carter. Apparently you never got that memo. So um, Packers minus three and Navy minus five. Those are good picks. How no one else had what I'm about to throw out right now absolutely baffles me. I was just 
I mean, I was assured that both of y'all were at least going to have this in your vault. Pick of the century. I'm not going to pick of the century again. Come on. Not the pick of the century. Just the pick of the decade. That's what this is going to be. The lock of the decade, of the week, of the NFL season. I hadn't given out one of those yet. Last week was college. Take the San Francisco 49ers. Con Kaepernick's going to be kneeling during the anthem. He will be. And it's probably not going to be the only time he'll kneel all week. But the 49ers plus 14 at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Carolina will win this game, no doubt about it. But 14 in the NFL. Uh, 49ers show that defense is still uh, they're still pretty feisty. So I think they'll stick with Carolina a little bit. Uh, give me the 49ers plus 14 on the road. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week of the decade this time. Just yep. the decade. Lock of the decade. Is that you clapping, Boom? What's what's going on? Yeah, it was a little bit of a slow clap for uh, just how how PC your pick was right there. Yeah. Oh. Going with San Francisco, you know, you're really supporting them right now. They they're really trying. They're really giving it all they can, and I uh, I support you for that. that that's why. Good luck, good luck out there, buddy. I don't right, I don't thanks. know. It's gonna fare for you. All right, so that that does it for our picks this week. Get back on our winning ways. Me, hopefully I continue. 67% clip, pretty good. Let's get it above 70. That's my goal this weekend. Collier, I'm going to need you to get to 500 or above. Yep. Boomer, I'm going to need you to get above 500. I got faith in all of us. I think it's going to be a good weekend. Um, so, in parting, obviously, well, I'll, I'll say this. You've noticed our guest did not show up. Uh, yep. We uh, He did email me back during the show. Uh, some Something came up, understandable. Something comes up with all of us. Um, so he will be on next week. Hopefully, we'll try again next week. Um, Boomer, what you got in parting for us this weekend? Stay wealthy, my friends, and never cash out. Never cash out. Love it. You just keep riding that winning streak, Collier. Yep. I just want to, you know, people to gather around the kids. Uh, this week before the game start and make sure everybody gets a nice 16 ounce of beer and shotgun it. Shotgun yeah. that 16 ounce. It doesn't matter how old the kids are. They can be 12. They can be uh, 10. Just everybody shotguns a beer. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite an age discrepancy you have right there. 12 to 10. Geez. Those yeah, are two ages. Uh, I just want everybody to know they're, uh, you know, it's a family atmosphere. They're more here. than welcome to shotgun all the beers they want. That's right. Um, I like it. I like the shotgun and the beers. I don't support underage drinking personally, but you know, if you're up for that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll keep this money train rolling, folks. We're here, the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Follow us, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not already. We appreciate that. Um, big things coming up this year. I know I've been promising that, but hey, this isn't my fault. Uh, we'll have our guests on. I promise. Uh, hopefully, we'll get an NFL guest to go with it next week so we can get you a double dose. Um, Brett Favre's coming on. Brett Favre cannot confirm, <laughs> but Brett Favre. He may be coming to push one of those products he pushes on ESPNU late night. He might come show, uh, pitch that razor for us that he does. What did I throw a soundbite of Brett Favre on? Yeah, all right. <laughs> if nothing else, we'll get a soundbite of Brett Favre. All right, so thanks for tuning in. Follow us on iTunes. Uh, Instagram, giving out free winners over there, Twitter, all that good stuff. Never forget, we're here. Let's make gambling great again, folks. We'll see you back next week. Enjoy your weekend, and let's make some money.